Well, hello everybody, and thank you for joining me for Church Online. I'm so glad that you're a part of today's online experience. Again, if you're our guest today, I want to personally say welcome to Cultivate Church. And I want to remind you that our messages stream every day, every two hours, beginning at 8 a.m. every single day. So you can catch up on this week's series and all that's happening here at Cultivate Church every single day. We are in week three of a series that we're calling Building a Bigger Table. And this series has been encouraging. It has been challenging. It is the heart and vision of Cultivate Church. It's really why we exist as a church, as we say, to live life on purpose. And this series has been in a challenge for us as we enter into a three-year campaign to expand our facilities of Cultivate Church, beginning in phase one with our Alabaster campus that is currently being, uh, is being in underway for construction, and we're going to move in at the first of the year. And then for our Columbiana campus to be able to provide a permanent home in Columbiana, as well as extending our staff family and adding on to our team here at Cultivate Church. And all of this is the heart of God. Because the Bible teaches us in Luke chapter 14, verse 23 on your outline, it says, So his master said, Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. And that's the heart of Cultivate Church, that everybody would come so that the house would be full. And our house, the house of God at Cultivate Church, has been full. Our facilities have been filling up for many years. So we are preparing to build a bigger table. And this series, for the last two weeks, we've talked about why we want to do that. And we've been reminded that it's never been about stuff. It's not about buildings. It's not about physical stuff that we acquire for ourselves. But it's always about the heart of God, and that's people. As a matter of fact, our church is here so that we can help people find a passion for God, a passion for people, and then a passion for their purpose. That's God's heart, and so it is ours. And today, I've titled your message, Instruction for Construction. Because I, today I want to talk about the nuts and bolts of how we do this. We've talked about the why over the past two weeks of why we want to build a bigger table. Why we want to add more seats for more people to experience life change in Jesus. And today we're going to talk about how. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not very good at construction. Most of the time, I would say 90% of the time in my home, if you hear a saw going or a hammer hammering, something like that in construction mode... Truthfully, it's my wife. I mean, I know I just lost my man card, but it's usually my wife. She is the one who knows about construction. I'm not really good at the building process. As a matter of fact, over Christmas, we bought our four-year-old Asher a Lego table for Christmas. It's got Lego table on the top where you can build Legos. You flip the top over, and it's a flat table for other activities. And It's got two little shelves that slide in under the table that holds all of his Legos. And I sat up late and I began putting that table together. And of course, my wife, she's going, hey, do you want me to, you want me to do that? You want me to help? And I'm like, no, I've got it. I've got the instructions. I know what I'm doing. And so I put the whole table together. And the next morning, Asher put his Legos in the little drawers that go underneath. And one of those drawers, as soon as he filled it up, just fell out from underneath the table. It didn't hold. No matter what I did and followed the instructions, I just did it wrong. I got it wrong, and it did not hold up. I think many of us are living for Christ. We're following Jesus. We're trying to pattern our life after what the Bible says. 
And we're doing our best and we're following the instructions, but sometimes it just seems like we just don't make it. We, we don't quite get it right. And no matter how much we try, the things are just falling out from under us where they should be. But today's message, as we learn the instruction for construction of building a bigger table, I really believe this is going to challenge you in not only what is ahead of us as a church and the vision for us as a church, but even if you're a guest watching online and your investment is not in the local church of Cultivate Church, this is a discipleship message that really helps us stretch and grow in our trust and in our place with Jesus. Because what we're going to learn today, this instruction for construction, is really about growing us deeper in our faith. And the closer we get to Jesus, the closer we get to doing the things that Jesus wants us to do. And that's the heart of God. So today I want us to pray together and then we're going to dive in. Three easy things that I want to give you that the Bible teaches us is the instruction for construction. As collectively as a church, we are building a bigger table, making room for people to meet Jesus. So let's pray together. Father, I love you. Thank you for this beautiful day. I thank you for us being able to gather online. I thank you for our campuses that are meeting in person. God, I just thank you that you're showing up to where we are. I pray that today our heart would be arranged by the things that move yours. Father, let us be aligned to what pleases you. God, let us take your word today, not something that I'm giving, but God, just straight from you that it aligns our heart and it aligns our life. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to give you the tools for the job today. What are the tools for the job? The instruction for construction. And the first tool that you need is you need biblical obedience in your life. I believe everything that pleases the heart of God begins with our obedience. And today I want to give you a story that Jesus told, a teaching to his disciples in Luke chapter 12, where he's talking about being obedient and the effect that it brings to our life. Look at it with me. It's on your screen. Verse 31 says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything that you need. Now I want to pause right there for a moment, and I want to walk through this with you. Because I believe over these next few verses, this is a really tough portion of Scripture, a really tough teaching that Jesus gives to us that we have to understand. In, in the words of Jesus, he says, hey, look, seek God, the kingdom, above everything else, and then he, God, will give you everything you need. This portion of Scripture is coming right after a story that Jesus is teaching about the birds of the air. He says, look, those guys don't worry about where their meal's coming from. They're not storing up. They just know that they're taken care of. It's going to be provided for. They don't work. They don't toil. They know that they're going to be provided for. And the Bible teaches us, Jesus says, hey, you mean so much more than even those birds that God created. So if God takes care of them so well, surely you know that God is going to take care of you. So the very first thing that Jesus begins to instruct his disciples and us today is to put God in his proper place. See, many of us, as we follow Christ, we like to compartmentalize things if we're honest. Sometimes we think, well, I've got this portion right or I've got that portion right. Or I go to church on Sunday or most Sundays and I know a few scriptures. Sometimes I read my Bible and I'm not bad to people. I don't do bad things. And we like to compartmentalize what we think is pleasing God. We do it in our other relationships, don't we? Sometimes we think we're doing really good in our marriages and then our spouse speaks up and says, I just don't feel like we've had any time together. 
And you say, well, we've spent every evening sitting on the couch watching TV together. You thought you were doing good. You thought it pleased your spouse only to learn that that wasn't really time. That wasn't quality. You weren't communicating. You weren't connecting. You were just there. And Jesus is saying, look, you need to learn to put God first in everything. Because when He is first, when He is in His proper place, then He takes care of everything else. And so I want to challenge us today as we begin to align our heart in obedience is that first, in order to obey Him, He must be in His proper place, and that is the number one seat of importance in our life. He is the one of all authority in my life. Not only is He Savior, but He is also my Lord. Verse 32, So don't be afraid, little flock. He looks, he gives this little, this little hint. Don't be afraid, don't fear, for it gives your father great happiness, underline this if you've got your notes, to give you the kingdom. I want to stop there. Don't be afraid. Jesus knows, hey, it's going to cost them something. He's about to let them know some really heavy stuff. Put God first, let him have all of your heart, and then don't be afraid. Don't worry about what happens next because it pleases the heart of God. It gives Him joy to take care of you. Then verse 33, this is where it gets deep. Sell your possessions. I underline that in my statement because that to me was like a big curveball. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven will never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No, the thief, he can't steal it and no moth can destroy it. Verse 34, this is important. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. What a challenging word that Jesus just gave to his disciples. And a challenging word that he just gave to us today. Wow, I think, God, I've put you first. Like, you're number one in my life, of course. I love God. I love you, Jesus. You're number one. It's real easy for us to say that. It's really easy for us to profess that. But it's difficult to obey that, to actually live it out, to actually apply it to the decisions that we're making in our life. Because as Jesus tells them that, when he gets to verse 33, he says, hey, go sell everything you've got and give it away. That's really difficult because when Jesus tells them that piece of information, when he gives them that instruction, and then he says, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Church, that is real obedience to God. Listen, it's easy to try to obey so that we receive stuff, but it's another level when God is really in his proper place as Jesus instructed, put him first so that everything else would be given to you. Put him first because where you put your stuff, that's where you know your heart really is. This is about a financial obedience. See, all through the Old Testament, we learn about the importance of the tithe. A tithe is 10% of whatever our income is. So 10% of whatever your income, the tithe automatically belongs to God. It's not a question. Many of us mistake that for giving. That, they think, we think that's our generosity. Well, I, I tithe. I give 10%. I'm generous. No, that tithe already belongs to God. It's all throughout the teachings. 
And then some people would say, well, that's Old Testament. That, that doesn't carry over to the New Testament. Well, I want you to mark Matthew 23 and 23 where Jesus says, hey, don't, don't stop doing that, but I'm here to teach you even something greater. Not only did Jesus say, don't give up on the tithe, but I'm about to teach you more. I'm about to stretch you more. I want you to know that where you're putting your treasure, that's where your heart is. If God is really number one, it's not a question as if you're tithing. The question is, are you obeying in your generosity, taking what you have and selling it and giving it away. Listen, the Bible teaches us that obedience is better than sacrifice. Many of us think it's a sacrifice, but it's just plain obedience. Never think about what we do and what we give, what we present to the Lord as something extravagant when it's just obedience. Our extravagance is because it's coming out of our desire, our own selfishness. But really, it's just obedience walking with the Lord. It's, it's a, it is a literal covenant with God that when you put Him first and when you give to Him, it opens the door to blessing in your life. Do you know this, that on average, nationally, only 10 to 25% of people tithe? Now, this is churches across the country. National average, only 10 to 25% of people are tithing. So that tells me that 10 to 25% of people's heart is where their treasure is. They've placed their treasure into the place of God, into the person of God. Therefore, their heart is following after their treasure. 10 to 25% of people nationally in our churches are walking in obedience to what Jesus told us to do. Right here at Cultivate Church, if I'm honest with us, 70% of us are walking in disobedience. 30% of us at Cultivate Church are faithful in giving. 30%. Imagine what we could do to build the table if only all of us walked in obedience. Listen, I told you, and I say this a lot, obedience opens the door to blessing. I want you to meet my friend David Pavey. David's a part of our our Columbiana campus, and uh, he and his wife serve there so well. And and last year, I will remember David came up to me in the lobby, and he said, i got to tell you something. It was closing out the year. He said, I need to tell you something. He said, I've never tithed regularly. He said, it's just never been something that I ever, I ever trusted the Lord with. He said, but at the beginning of this year, he said, I challenged myself and told myself that I was going to tithe, and I was going to trust God, and I was going to give. And he said, and I want you to know, he said, that this year alone, my business has done better than any other year prior. And he said, I give it 100% to tithing and giving and generosity and truly putting God first in my life. Jesus was talking about biblical obedience. And I'm telling you, I've experienced it. So many people have experienced it. This is not something that I'm just saying with a motive. This is something that I am saying from the very words of Jesus speaking to us and telling us and asking us what he wants from us. He wants biblical obedience. And I'm going to ask you this question. Are you living in obedience or are you living in disobedience? How do you know? How do you know if you're living in obedience or disobedience? Well, let me ask you this one thing. Where is your treasure? I mean, the Bible says it. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So today, am I living an obedient life? Am I really sold out to the things of God? Well, where is your treasure? 
because that's where your heart really is. So if we're going to build a bigger table, if we're going to take the instruction for construction, number one, we need the biblical obedience, and number two, it requires biblical sacrifice. Look on the screen with me at the scripture. This is in Acts chapter 2. This is the early church. I mean, they are ready. They are excited. They are living out the words of Jesus. He's been crucified. He's returned to heaven. And this is what happens with the early church. All the believers, verse 42, all of the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe, it came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all of the believers, they met together in one place and shared everything they had. Verse 45, they sold their property and possessions and they shared the money with those in need. Wow. Verse 46, they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes and they shared meals with great joy, all the while praising God, enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And then each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. What an incredible picture of sacrifice from the local church. The very foundation of the church, these people were so in love with God that they were willing to walk in biblical sacrifice. What were they doing? Well, they devoted themselves to what the disciples, what they'd been taught. They devoted themselves to the words of God. How do we walk in biblical sacrifice? Well, we devote ourselves to the things that Jesus told us to do. We are obedient to that, and our obedience is what carries us into sacrifice. They devoted themselves to the teaching, to fellowship. Listen, we're about to start small groups. You can do small groups online. You can do small groups in person. I don't care how you connect, but you need people, and I need people. They were doing it. That's why they were able to work as a team. That's why they were all able to come together in unity and see incredible things happen because of their obedience that led to their sacrifice. And I've always read this portion. This is one of my favorite pictures of the church. I love to go to Acts chapter 2 and see what they did in the early days of the church. But I've always thought, man, how radical. How amazing, how how mind-blowing of what these people were doing like this is incredible. But their biblical sacrifice, this radical sacrifice was nothing more than biblical obedience. Why would they do this? Why would they give away everything they had? Why would they sell it and bring it to the church? Why would they do such a crazy thing? We like to vilify the church when we talk about these things. The church gets vilified because we talk about us bringing our resources and doing something incredible for the kingdom. It's not to vilify the church. They were doing it because they had spent time with Jesus. And in Luke 12 and other places, Jesus had been preparing them for what mattered most. The kingdom of God is at hand. We don't have much time. Your life's purpose is to go and to compel people to the message of Jesus so that they can receive what I did for them on the cross because their eternity is in the balance. They don't have to spend eternity in hell, but they can spend eternity in heaven with me. The reason it mattered so much is because Jesus had taught them to put God first Sell your stuff. Don't be tied to possessions. Be generous. Give it away. Build the church. So when the time came in Acts chapter 2, what did they do? Exactly what Jesus told them to do. 
Biblical obedience leads to biblical sacrifice. Why would Jesus ask them to do that? Because sacrifice supplies a seat at the table. It is sacrifice that supplies the seats at the table that we are building. The early church, they literally took everything they had. They sold their property, their possessions, and they shared the money. As we're walking into this build a bigger table, it will take sacrifice. It will take us sacrificing some things. And I know we're all in different spectrums in there. But it's not about the tangible. It's about the equal sacrifice. Because God calls us to it. This is not something that a church is just saying. This is not something that a pastor is just asking you to do. This is literally what Jesus taught the church to do. This is what he is teaching us to do. Love God above everything. Don't be attached to the stuff. Where I put my treasure, my heart's going to follow. And when they put their treasure into it, their heart was into it, and the result was this. Every day, people were added to the church. Every day, people were being saved. I believe in Shelby County, Alabama, through Cultivate Church, because we're going to walk in biblical obedience, because we're going to give in biblical sacrifice every single day. Heaven is going to grow because your friends and your family are going to be added to the church and people that are marked in heaven because of your sacrifice. The hundreds and hundreds of people that have been saved at Cultivate Church all come from biblical obedience and biblical sacrifice. I want to introduce you to my friends, the Neves family. This family, they gave the very first $1,000 gift to help us plant Cultivate Church. When Pastor Brandon and I were, were planning on planting the church, we had to have some resources to get the process started. And $1,000 at that time was the exact amount we needed to get started. Well, $1,000 for me at that time, it, it might as well have been a million dollars. I didn't even have $1,000 to put into it. I was young, and I just wasn't financially prepared for that. But I knew God was taking me on this journey, and I said, God, if you want us to plant this church, God, you will supply and I was on staff at a church, and after church that Sunday morning, they walked up to me, handed me an envelope, and said, I want you to have this. This is not from us, but God told us to do it, so we're doing it in obedience. They sacrificed, and I opened up that envelope on my way home, and it was a check for $1,000. That day, that moment, I said, God, I'm in. God, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt this is your call. They walked in obedience, gave in sacrifice. And today, hundreds of people who have been saved through Cultivate Church, even you, that your life has been impacted by the ministry of Cultivate Church, it started with biblical obedience, biblical sacrifice of $1,000 that led us to the journey to where your life could be impacted, all because of the obedience and the sacrifice. WOC was our sending church and the people of that church obeyed and sacrificed to give. They sent us out with thousands of dollars to help us plant this church. After they all gave as a church, Pastor Frankie Powell, our pastor, said, Man, I wish we could have done more. I want to do even more. We didn't know it. They gave us thousands of dollars more to help us plant. And I didn't know it till years later, but it was every dime they had in their savings as a church that they poured into Cultivate Church. It was that obedience and that sacrifice of all those people that made a difference in your life through the ministry of Cultivate Church. Our Alabaster building, when we built our current facility, 
We weren't prepared for it. You've, many of you have heard us tell the story. If you're new today, we were in a high school for two years, and they canceled all the contracts. We had eight weeks to find a facility. We were a baby church at two, and we did not have the resources to do it. So we started taking everything that we did have and all the money we had saved and started putting in to the construction of this facility to get in the doors. And literally, we were down to the wire of moving in, and we needed stuff that we had to have. And so we gave our credit cards, Pastor Brandon Dawson, and myself, we, we gave our credit cards. We said, here's our credit cards. Take them and go use them. And they maxed out our credit cards, and that's how we helped fund the place. It was, it was a sacrifice. But listen, God took care of us. The church has, has no debt. We don't carry debt. We don't carry debt personally in our personal lives as your pastors. Listen, here's the thing. We know this. We know that God works through biblical obedience and biblical sacrifice. Every one of our lives are impacted through this ministry because of someone else who obeyed and sacrificed. And I'm challenging you today, are you willing to help build the table so that lives ahead of you will be impacted through your obedience and your sacrifice just as yours has been from others? So biblical obedience, biblical sacrifice, and number three, it takes biblical commitment. I want to share a story with you in Acts chapter 5. As the church is actually ramping up, as it's growing, as people are coming in such generosity, as people are putting God first, and then others like Him, and they're serving, and they're doing together, there's this really, really wild, crazy story of a husband and wife who has some property that they said they're going to sell and give every bit of the profit to the church. And I want you to notice something that happens in their commitment. This is why our commitment is so important. Acts 5, 1 through 6. But there was a certain man named Ananias with his wife and Sapphira. They sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. Notice this. Ananias and Sapphira, husband and wife, they got a piece of property. They sell it. They bring the money in. They claim it's the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. This is Ananias. He kept some of the money. Then Peter said, why have you let Satan fill your heart? Notice this. Why did you let Satan fill your heart? Wow. What a bold statement. Listen to this. You lied to the Holy Spirit. You've kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? This is the important part. You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and he died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Verse 6, Then some of the young men got up, they wrapped him in a sheet, and they took him out and they buried him. If you go on to verses 7 through 10, you learn that the Bible says three hours later his wife, Sapphira, comes in. They ask her the same thing. She lies, just like Ananias did. The exact same thing happened to her. She fell to the ground, and she died. I mean, I'm not saying today, back up. I'm not saying God's going to strike us dead. But this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that our commitment to God first, and when our commitment is to God, our commitment will be to people. It'll be to the things of God. And when we walk in obedience and sacrifice, and we are committed to that kind of life, God will bless you and God will honor you. But there is something about walking in disobedience that closes that door to blessing. These people, what they learned 
was that, hey, why, why have you let Satan fill your heart? What a bold statement. Why would he say that? Because the stuff is what captivated their heart. They could have said, hey, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to give 50% to the church. But they presented it as if they were completely sold out to the Lord, lied about it, and retained some because their heart wasn't pure. God wasn't first. Church, I'm, I'm just asking us in this picture, where are we in, in the picture of commitment, of the sacrifice and the obedience? There's a story in the Old Testament about a man named Achan who was a, was, was a part of the, the, the whole exodus of Egypt. And throughout this journey, they're, they're in battle. They're in war, and they go to battle. And, and in this battle, God says, hey, don't take anything. When you defeat everybody, don't take any of their stuff. Don't take any gold. Don't take any jewelry. Don't take any valuables. You leave it. It's defiled. Trust me, and I'll take care of you. Don't take that stuff. Well, the, the army starts losing some battles, and so they know immediately somebody has disobeyed God. And they track it down, and, and it's actually Achan. He had taken some of the things God had said not to take, and the Bible says he had buried it under his tent. They found it. And because of his disobedience, because he wasn't trusting God, because he wasn't listening to God, he didn't walk in obedience, he wasn't sacrificing his desire for the desires of God, he wasn't committed to what he had been asked to do, because of that, he and his whole family, the Bible says they were destroyed. The principle is this, is that God is so desiring our obedience, our sacrifice, and our commitment. It's one thing to say, oh man, God, you're first, and I, I obey you with my life. It's another to say and believe, well, I, I give a little bit here and there, and so I sacrifice some things. But when you really consider the commitment and God looking at the intent of our heart, are we all in this thing together? Let's don't be like Achan in the camp who, 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 who caused so many people, the team, not to be walking in unity. But church, I'm calling us when we all come together with God first and the desire to be generous and to commit ourselves to the things that God is committed to, and that's people, that's building more seats, that's building a table, it's providing an opportunity for more people to meet Jesus, I'm telling you, we will see things and experience things that God wants to do like we have never seen before. Like the early church, I believe we'll see people added to the church every single day. I want to be a person that invests through my obedience and my sacrifice, living in a committed way so that just as my life has been impacted by others, so I will impact the lives of others that are ahead of me. I believe this time next year there are going to be people that are going to be totally changed by the power of Jesus because of what we are doing right here together, building a bigger table. So I want to pray for you. Wherever you are, I want you to bow your head. Just close your eyes for a moment. And I want to take a second and pray for us today. And I know today's been challenging. I know this is a challenging message because it's challenged me. This, that the heart of God is this. The heart of God is so that you and I would be able to commit 100% everything today to what pleases His heart. And so today, I want to take a moment. I want to pray for you. And this is what I would say. If you're watching today and maybe you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus and you're still trying to navigate all this and figure this out, here's what I would say to you. I would say that today is your moment. Today is your opportunity to align everything. 
just begin simply by putting Him first and obeying. And all you have to do is just confess that you got sin in your life and that you need Jesus. And honor Him for what He's done by giving His life for you. And then I want to pray for us as a church that we are invested in the life of Cultivate Church and the ministry of Cultivate Church that God would so empower your life today to be able to walk in obedience, to be able to have biblical sacrifice and biblical commitment so that we build the kingdom of God together. So God, I pray for all of my friends today. God, that right now in this moment, God, you would speak to everyone who needs a relationship with you today. Father, I pray that uh, in this moment we understand that we need to put you first. So we ask you to forgive us of our sin. Father, we just ask that today, that God, that you'd bring us into relationship with you. We thank you for loving us so much that you would put Jesus on the cross for us to have relationship with you. Thank you today that we know our lives have been changed. And God, I pray today for every one of us who are part of Cultivate Church and the ministry and the heart and the life of this church. I'm asking today that you'd align our heart to walk in biblical obedience, to have biblical sacrifice and biblical commitment. We are praying that the lives of people are changed through the ministry of Cultivate Church as we build a bigger table. Father, we love you and we honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen.